Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to return to their seats who's not helping in some way. But um, before I get started, I just wanted to read a health study that was done because we care about your health in this church here. So I think I read this uh, sometime in the past, but I just had to read it again because we want you all to lead healthy lives. So they did this study on, on food. So it says, the Japanese eat very little fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Mexicans eat a lot of fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Chinese drink very little red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Italians drink a lot of red wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Germans drink a lot of beer and eat a lot of sausages and fats and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. So here's the conclusion of the study. Eat and drink whatever you like. Speaking English is apparently what kills you. <laughs> so that's a word from, from the church because we want you to be nice and healthy here. Pastor Ephraim was telling me that I shouldn't eat food with preservatives, but at my age, I need all the preservatives I can get. I don't know about anyone else. So Pastor George always starts with a quote, so I thought I would start today with a heartwarming quote. And I actually I put, posted this on Facebook today. If you are paying $3 a bottle for smart water, apparently it's not working. <laughs> oh, wait, I think I wrote down the wrong quote here. That was for the... Okay, well, that's the end of that portion of the sermon. So I'm continuing in um, Pastor George's sermon series where we're following Israel... In the, and the series is called From Here to There, and we're following the history of Israel right up to Easter until the time of the resurrection in Jesus, of Jesus so that you can clearly see how, how things transpired and what led up to the cross. Why did Jesus have to come and die? Why was there a resurrection? Well, you can't understand the Gospels if you don't understand where the Jewish people came from and God's promises and their history. The thing is, every time I've spoken during this sermon series, following the journey of God's people, I started off every sermon saying the same thing. The nation was in trouble and the people were far from God. The same cycles over and over well, I'm going to pick up the story today towards the end of the reign of Israel's kings. Last week, Pastor George mentioned that Israel at the time was divided into two nations. There was the northern kingdom, which was made up of ten of the twelve tribes. It was also called Samaria. But the northern kingdom was decimated in war by the kingdom of Assyria, 
which today is part, is part of modern-day Iraq, Iran, and Syria. Because of their great wickedness and idolatry, God did not intervene for them in the battle, and they were dis- defeated. And the people, those ten tribes of the northern kingdom, were dispersed around the world to other nations. See, the people of the northern kingdom turned their backs on God, ignored everything he said, and then when they were in trouble, expected him to show up. Well, maybe there's a message for us somewhere, because in that battle, they got defeated. They were destroyed. The southern kingdom, consisting of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin, still remained. They were headquartered in Jerusalem, but just like the northern kingdom before them, their hearts were far from God. They worshipped idols. They built shrines to false gods, and, and, and they sacrificed their own babies. They take their own babies and throw them into the fire to sacrifice them to foreign gods. I'm talking about God's people. I'm talking about the nation of Israel. Even in the holy temple where God said, this is the place you'll come to worship me. I'm building... God gave instructions to build the temple. He said, you can meet me here. I'll put my presence and my glory in the temple. But instead, they built statues and idols, and they bowed down to to demonic powers of the earth. Pastor George last week also mentioned that the leaders in Israel were broken into three main job titles. They were the kings... Those were the political and military rulers. The priests were the spiritual leaders. The problem was then in the southern kingdom that the kings and priests, they lived in compromise. They were corrupt and wanted nothing to do with following God's ways. The priesthood was, was totally influenced by the things of this world. They didn't want to separate themselves and follow God. They, they wanted to be like all the other nations. They wanted to bow down and, and worship false gods and statues and idols. So the kings at the time, at, in, during the last 40 years that Israel existed in, as a nation in the land at that time, the kings were evil. The priesthood was evil. But God raised up a third category of leaders, and those were called the prophets. The prophets like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Huldah, and Joel, they were God's spokesmen. They were his mouthpiece. And even though there were false prophets that prophesied lies to the people, God raised up true men and women his true mouthpieces who spoke his true word in spite of the wickedness. They stood right in the middle of a dark nation and they spoke the word of God without compromise. But today, I want to focus on one of the prophets. I want to focus on the prophet Jeremiah. 
He prophesied to the southern kingdom for the last 40 years of its existence in the land of Israel. So I'm going to read now from Jeremiah chapter 1 and starting in verse 4. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. You see, today the politicians argue over whether life begins in the womb or does life begin at birth. But this, this passage shows that life begins in the mind and heart of God before there is a baby in the womb. God already has a set plan. He already has envisioned the life of that child. You see, before he was born, God already planned out Jeremiah's destiny and purpose. In Psalm 139, verse 13, it says that, it says, God, you created me, my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And every one of my days has been ordained by you before even one came to be. See, just like Jeremiah, God created every one of you with great care and purpose. You are not an accident. Who you are was not an accident. Your character, your personality, your talents, how you look came right from the heart and the mind of God. That's why you don't have any right to sit and tear yourself up, sit and look in the mirror. I hate how I look. I hate who I am. Even before God created the earth, you were already on his mind. He he was dreaming about who you were going to be, what you were going to look like. That's why you are beautiful in the eyes of God. And every one of you has a destiny and a purpose. That's why we dedicate children here in this church. Not because we want to have a nice ceremony and eat lunch. It's because we believe every child that comes up here, God created them for a purpose. He put his beauty, his gifting, his nature in them. And that's true for every one of you. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 6. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said. I do not know how to speak. I am too young. This is the prophet Jeremiah speaking when he was a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. These verses teach us a few things. One of them is that young people don't have a junior Holy Spirit. 
children, young people, teenagers. You got the same spirit of God that, that any pastor in this world has. And God wants to use you even at a young age. Secondly, it teaches us that God has already pre-qualified you to meet every challenge that you would face in this life. That's why he told Jeremiah, don't worry about your age. I got you. I'm in you. I put everything you need to face this world into your character, into your spirit. Every challenge you face, whether it's spiritual, whether it's at your job, as, as a spouse, as a parent, God has pre-qualified you. Don't say, I can't do it. Because with God, all things are possible. It says that he touched Jeremiah's mouth and he anointed his mouth, which means he gave him the supernatural ability to speak for him. And in the same way, God has anointed every one of you, the scripture says. You are anointed to overcome. You are anointed for the battle. Whatever you're facing, whatever the struggle or the trial, you can overcome, not because of what's in you. I don't look, I don't look at my own talent and ability, but I look at the anointing of God, that he touched me, that he promised I'll go with you. That's what he told Jeremiah. And God sent Jeremiah on a 40-year mission to stand before kings and noblemen and the rich and poor and call them back to God. God told him in the scriptures I read, you're going to destroy and overthrow, build and plant. Sometimes before God could build and plant in someone, first he got to destroy and overflow and overthrow. So in other words, if a husband in the middle of the night is looking at pornography, then they pray, God bless my marriage. First, God got to rip out. There's things that got to be overthrown. If, if you're wasting your money, if you're living beyond your means, there's things God got to overthrow before he could answer your prayer to bless your finances. And just as the northern kingdom was overrun by the Assyrians because of their idolatry and rebellion, the kingdom of Babylon threatened to destroy the southern kingdom because their sin was so bad that God was about to bring judgment on the southern kingdom. Their sin was was so filthy and dirty, the scripture said, that God told Jeremiah, he said, buy a pair of pants and then take those pants and bury them under a rock someplace and leave them there and then come back a year later, dig it out and put it on and walk around with those dirty pants. And, and when people ask you, why are you wearing those dirty pants? You tell them, because in the eyes of God, that's how rotten the way you're living is. That, that's, how, that's how far these people had fallen from God. 
And the judgment of God was about to come. God was calling forth the Babylonian army, which was powerful, which wrecked one nation after another. Jeremiah went from place to place warning the people, destruction is coming, the Babylonians are coming, but there's no record of even one person listening to his message. You see, Jeremiah's message wasn't God hates you filthy sinners and he, he can't wait to destroy you. If that's your picture of God, get it out of your head. You see, too often the church is known for who we hate. I guarantee you go outside down the street and you ask people, who does the church hate? And they'll give you a list. That's not the gospel message. We hate you. Come to Jesus. Listen to the heart of God through Jeremiah. See, Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet because he was filled with God's love and compassion for the people. And he wept over them because they refused to listen. You see, Jeremiah as a prophet, he was a true representative of the heart of God the Father. Just listen to these verses. I'm going to read a few verses now. And listen to the to the broken heart of God over his wayward, rebellious children. Jeremiah 4.19, this is God speaking. This is God speaking over people who hated him. They didn't even want to hear the mention of his name. Jeremiah 4.19, this is God. My heart, my heart, I writhe in pain. My heart pounds within me. I cannot be still, for I have heard the blast of enemy trumpets and the roar of the battle cries. Do you hear God's heart for the broken, for the, for the lost? He's saying, my heart is in pain. When you think of God, don't think of this angry ogre, this tyrant that's out to, dis- to-, to destroy. You're thinking of the devil. God's heart is to call out. His heart's in pain when we walk away from him, when we rebel against his ways. His heart, we're hurting his heart. We wound the heart of our heavenly father. Jeremiah 2.12, O Israel, my faithless people, come home to me again. For I am merciful, I will not be angry with you forever. The love of God is not like human love. How many of you would be around people that hate you, that want nothing to do with you, and tell them, my heart is breaking over you. Come back to me. That's the love of God. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31, God said, Is not Ephraim my dear son, the child in whom I delight? Though I often speak against him, I still remember him. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I have great compassion for him. He's talking about his son Israel, 
who was taking babies and throwing them in the fire and bowing down to idols and neglected the God who blessed them, the one who healed them, the one who provided for them. But yet, God is saying, my heart yearns for him. My heart yearns for a lost nation. Listen to, I'm going to read one more. Listen to the heart of the Father, Jeremiah 3.19. I myself said, how gladly would I treat you like my children and give you a pleasant land, the most beautiful inheritance of any nation. I thought you would call me Father and not turn away from following me. But like a woman unfaithful to her husband, so you, Israel, have been unfaithful to me. It's the heart of a father yearning for his children. In the same way, about 600 years later, Jesus wept over Jerusalem. Jesus cried out to Jerusalem. He said, I would have been like a mother hen. I would have nurtured you. I would have fed you. I wanted to protect you, but you would not come. And the same God is calling out today. The same God is weeping over some of us today. You see, God, people at that time, they refused to listen But nothing could stop his relentless pursuit to bring them back. So here's what happened to Jeremiah. The king had him thrown in prison. And Jeremiah had a scroll of all his prophetic words. Everything God gave him, he handed it to the king in Israel. And the king ripped it up and burned it in the fire. The priests had Jeremiah beaten and put into into stocks where he was mocked and ridiculed. Because of that, Jeremiah fell into a deep depression and to the point where he said, Cursed be the day I was born. This is so hard. This, This rejection that he suffered, the violence against him was so difficult in Israel. He said, I wish I was never born. Cursed be that day. False prophets called Jeremiah a liar and a deceiver. And the scripture said that all of Jeremiah's trusted friends turned against him. You see, it wasn't so much that they rejected the prophet, but they were rejecting God himself. Yet, after Jeremiah went through all that, he had the heart of a prophet. After he was beaten, thrown into prison, mocked, ridiculed, thrown into a deep well where he was covered up to his neck in mud. Yet, He kept pursuing. He kept on coming. At one time, he said, I'm ready to give up. But something burned in Jeremiah. The heart of God burned in Jeremiah for the people. He said in Jeremiah 29, if I say I'm not going to mention or speak of his word anymore in his name, He said, his word becomes like a fire inside of me. It's like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't hold it in. 
Jeremiah was so consumed with the love of God that you couldn't stop him. You could try to kill him. You could mock him. You could take his words, throw him in the garbage, but you couldn't stop his heart. Because he, he felt God's true heart for the people. You see, in spite of all the rejection and rebellion and rage against God's message, God was relentless in showing love and giving hope to his people Israel. In Jeremiah 29.11, God, God spoke to Jeremiah and he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future that you'll call on me and I'll answer you. Can you imagine Jeremiah saying this to people who are stomping all over him, beating him up, tearing him into pieces, calling him names, but yet he stood before them and said, great are the plans that God has for you. Call to him and he will answer you. God is a father. He won't give up on you. If he wouldn't give up on Israel, those idolaters, those rebels, how, how much more won't he give up on you, his, his children that he loves? You, you see, you can't run away from God. He'll, he'll drop everything, leave the 99, and go after the one. See, some of you have already tried it. Some of you have already tried to walk away from God, but you can't shake him. There's, no matter how far you try to go, there's something in you because God's relentlessly pursuing you. He won't leave you alone in the darkest place. You could, you could be snorting cocaine, doing all kinds of mess, and there's just something in you that won't let go, always pulling you back. And that's what God did in Israel, that unfaithful nation. He kept trying. He refused to quit on them. Even at the end of the 40 years, the Babylonians came in. They destroyed the temple. They dispersed the people. And the land of Israel at that time, pretty much, except for a few farmers, was no more. It was destroyed. The holy temple was destroyed. But even through all that, God told the people to Jeremiah, but one day I'm going to restore you. I'm going to bring you back because of my love for you. In spite of your unfaithfulness, one day you're going to return to me, Israel. And we'll get to that. Later on in the series, where the people of God got dispersed throughout the nations. But one day, God fulfilled his promise and brought them back into the land. And that's why there's a land of Israel today. Because God is faithful to his word. He's faithful through the words that he spoke through the mouths of his prophets. You see, if you try to run away from God, he'll follow you into the clubs, into the crack houses, into bedrooms and strip joints to win you back. He's not afraid to walk right in with you. 
He keep pulling at your heart. The scripture says the Holy Spirit, he's, he draws you. The Father loves you. He, he wants you back. See, but sometimes, as with Israel, God's love is tough. You see, like with Israel, God won't always save you out of your rebellion. Sometimes people got to hit rock bottom. Sometimes I'm standing here praying for people, and somebody who I know is living in, in sin against God will come to me and say, Can you just pray God's blessing over me? I'm destroying my marriage, I'm ruining my body. But just bless me. I say, I'm not blessing your mess. I say, go get him, God. Make him uncomfortable. You see, God, God doesn't want to bless our mess. Here's something you might not know about God. He doesn't want to change you. He wants to kill you. He wants to kill that flesh. He wants to kill everything in you that doesn't look like him. You can't change it. The scripture says that we die to the flesh. See, sometimes love is a mother leaving her son overnight in jail. Sometimes love... Is, is a wife putting the husband out of the house. And that can still be love. When it's done for the right reasons and with the right heart. It's not always... God's love is not this mushy thing. Just think of it. Oh, God just loves you. Do whatever you want. Treat people however you want. He still loves you. Try it and see how far he, you get with that. But his love is a relentless, pursuing love. And he'll keep coming after you. He will not let you go. So I'm going to ask um, Pastor Ephraim's going to come and Leah, and they're just going to sing a song over you. You know, I hear the Spirit of God saying, here we are again. And not in a frustrated way. God's not frustrated with you. But here we are again. Here's the opportunity for mercy. Here's the opportunity for grace. As Pastor Ethan and I sing this song, and you're ready. You're ready to go after God's heart. And you're ready to come back to the Father's arms. I want you to stand. You know, the scripture says that we should search out grace while grace and mercy can be found. We're living in merciful days. And we have a wonderful opportunity to get everything from God that, we, that he can provide for us. Amen. Amen. Amen.
See, God has not given up on you. However far you've fallen, however far you feel from God, his heart is crying out, come home. His arms are wide open. There's no place you can go that you're too far, that his arm can't reach you. In closing, while I was preparing this sermon, I I just had a vision from the Lord that in these last days that God wants to raise up a whole company of Jeremiah's, those who will carry the message of the Father's heart, that his heart burns for you. The very heart of God, it's burning, it's on fire. The scripture says, The love of God is stronger than death. Nothing, many waters can't put it out. 
And God is looking for those who say, I'll be the Jeremiah. I'll go to the dark places. I'm willing to face persecution. If they don't like my message, if they don't like me, I'm going to keep going. No matter how I feel, no matter what they try to do, I won't give up because God is looking for those who will go into a dark world. There are people out there who are hurting, abused, wounded, broken, and that's our job. That's not the government's job. You're waiting for the government to do something? God is waiting for us. So I'm going to ask all the pastors and ministers to come up. I don't know if we could get a chair for Josh. No, oh, he's going to stand up. Well, wait, can you help with that? Just stay up here. I'm going to ask the ushers to help me with this. Also, pastors and ministers' spouses. what the vision that I had from the Lord. For those of you who want to respond and say, I'll be that last day's Jeremiah. I'll speak on behalf of the Lord. I'll go wherever I got to go. I'll go into the darkness. I'll tell my friends. If they think I'm crazy, I'll tell them anyway. If that's you, we can, we have the oil of anointing in the Old Testament. We've been going through the Old Testament. They would take the oil, and when somebody was saying, I'm ready for service, I'm ready to serve God, I'm ready to go all out, they take the oil and put it on their forehead as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Even if there's only one person, God told me, we could turn this whole neighborhood upside down just with one Jeremiah. So if that's you, if you're responding to the call of God, I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And come forward. The ushers are going to help. And we're going to anoint. We're not playing. We're not praying long inner healing prayers right now. We're taking the oil. We're touching you. And as that happens, God is going to release something deep in your spirit.
生。